here's what you missed last time on This Is How We Roll. You can see the man that you were seeing on your watch is sort of right here, and then to his right, um, your left, there are now two others that have sort of climbed to their feet after going through this grotesque transformation. Pew, 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 pew. Um, he's going to try to fight you with disadvantage, though, because he's blinded. Yeah, you are cursed with this werewolf virus. So he tries to stand up this time and manages to, like, spear himself on one of the boar's prostrate uppercuts of the jaw, and he is knocked out cold and dead. His skin starts to crawl again, and he transforms back into the form of a dark elf man with all sorts of terrible scarring. You're free now, and then have him die. I get on one knee and shotgun it. <laughs> so that, uh, what does that do exactly? It, it removes the curse. Uh, That's the important thing. Yeah. And... So you have just survived the night the perilous night where you didn't really get much rest and you've come out of the woods and you see that you've entered into a hilly region with swirling mist in low valleys between uh, jagged peaks and boulders and the trees have receded and so you can see a lot further except for the fog. Since you didn't get much rest, it's up to you what you would like to do at this moment. I think we were thinking of doing a short rest as we ate breakfast sandwiches. I think we should do a short rest. Let's do a short rest while we eat some breakfast. Someone's got to go and like scavenge to get something to go as a side with your breakfast sandwiches. I uh, what type of uh, terrain are we in? I would say you are currently in a highland terrain. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that fits any of your terrain descriptions, but there is a forest right behind you. I'm gonna go into. I have a favorite terrain in the forest, and I want to just. I would like to forage in the forest, because when I forage in the forest, since it's my favorite terrain, I find twice as much food as I normally would. Ooh, give me a survival check and see if you can find anything in the forest. Ooh, I got an 18, so that's a 23. Wow. So Mace Corps heads back into the forest. You can scavenge up some grub for you and the horses. And lo and behold, Mace Corps, you go into the forest and you find a tree with a knot hole about the same height as your head. And when you peek inside, you find a fully operational, tiny, tiny elven kitchen. And they are making fudge cookies and you pull some out of there because nobody's home at the moment. So you steal a whole tray of fudge cookies and bring them back to you. Uh. Actually, you find two trays. Two trays. I find two trays. Do I kill the elves in making the cookies? That's up to you. I decide to maim one of them just to let them know I was there, but I do not kill all of them. Good. Very nice. You should also mark down where you found those so you can go back. How can I mark? Slay the elves to make them make cookies for us. Yeah, remember where they are. I'm going to remember where they are. Nice. So you have a lovely breakfast of breakfast sandwiches and fudge cookies. cookies and you sit down for a short rest. I'm going to use my new cloak and set it up, the Cape of the Wolf, because right. that gives me an additional hit die for free during a short rest. What do you mean by the number of hit dies? So each time that you gain a level of a certain class, you gain another hit die. So you should have C 
six d10s that you can roll right now if your hit die oh. is a d10. So put a six on that total line, oh. except it'll drop to five if you use one. I'm going to use one. Uh, yeah, same for you, Flint. You should yeah. have six d8s, I guess, possible. Is, or do you have a d8 or a d10? I have a D8. Okay, so you, yeah, you can roll D8s, uh, up to six of them over the course of the day if you're using short rests to recover. Can I also eat a, uh, one of my 16 meats? Oh, I throw on a meat stick with the breakfast? Absolutely. Yeah. So a breakfast sandwich, some fudge cookies, and a smoky meat stick, whatever I called them. Spicy. Spicy meat stick. So, after you enjoy a nourishing, delicious, breakfast of breakfast sandwiches, fudge cookies, and possibly a spicy meat stick if you were lucky enough to have one. You continue north on your path and you sort of check the surroundings. Base 4 does a little tracking as a ranger and says, we need to continue this way, north. So you continue through uh, what can only be described as a series of balds. These are fairly high hilltops slash low mountaintops with rolling hills, boulders, no trees. You're sort of above the northern line of trees from what you can tell. And the mist is still swirling around you despite the rising sun. And the temperature in this area seems fairly cold compared to what you have been experiencing for the last few weeks in the grove. You have come somewhat northern from there, but you haven't really come far enough north for it to be super cold yet. But there's definitely a bit of chill in the breeze. So you continue north, and the mist seems to swirl around you, and it also seems to be swirling around a particular crevice in the hills in front of you. And each of you needs to make a constitution saving throw, please. Nine. (laughs) Seventeen. Eleven. So Flint and Velociel, you sort of hear some faint whispering voices, almost like the voices of the dead from the past, enter your mind. And for a moment, you feel a strong urge to follow those voices into the mist in the crevice between the hills in front of you. However, right before you start to move your legs, both of you are able to shake that sense, flint a little quicker than Velocial. And as you shake that feeling, both of you see that Macecore has started to trot his horse forward toward this thicker mist. Oh no. Macecore, you hear these voices and they summon you to continue your path toward the mist. Oh no. And, and you are unable to break their spell. So you are drawn, and you spur your horse forward quickly. It quickly gets up to a gallop, and Pelosial and Flint are left standing, watching you gallop into this mist. Mavescore, come back! You need to hear what they're saying. Be rude. They're not actually there. Or they are. Pelosial and Flint, what are you going to do? How far ahead is he? He has probably gotten 50 feet in front of you now. (sighs) You can still see him, Mm. but he's starting to become blurred by the mist. Hmm. I don't have anything that I can shoot that far, I don't think, to grab him. He's getting further away as you consider yeah. your options. <laughs> I guess we're following. We, we gotta start following him then. Mm-hmm. Yelling at him as we go to come back. Okay. So you gallop your horses forward to try to chase after Macecore, and as you do, your horses start to resist. They start to 
pull back and you can see that Mace Core's horse, maybe 50 feet or so in front of you, has actually started to buck and resist strongly his desire to get forward into this mist. And he's actually thrown from his horse. So Mace Core, I'm going to need you to roll, actually, yeah, make a dexterity saving throw. Let's see if you can grab onto the reins of this horse. 11. So you are knocked from your horse, but you do manage to sort of roll out on your landing, and so you take four bludgeoning damage as you fall from the back of your horse. And he lays on the ground for a moment and then gets up and starts to continue walking toward something. He, oh, you can't gosh. see what he's walking toward, but he is definitely moving towards something. He's walking slowly, though, at this point. Do we have time to at least tie our horses up and run after him? You could try. What are you going to tie them to? A rock that's sticking out of the crevice. Give me a perception check. Okay. Seven. You don't see anything you could tie your horses to. <laughs> well, we could ride them forward to get closer to him faster. And then lasso me. Saving. See if we can grab him. Yeah. All right. Okay. And then we'll see if we don't we're, get launched off of it. What are you doing? You're yeah, riding. we're charging forward with our horses. Okay. Give me a... What would that be? Give me an animal handling check, both of you. Flap the shit out of me. Sixteen. Jeez, I got a five. So, Flint, after you sort of spur your horse forward, you actually are quickly met with resistance, and your horse just stops moving. Mm -hmm. It doesn't throw you, but you're sort of standing maybe 25 feet or so before May score. The horse just stops and refuses, and you almost, like, flip up over the front of it because it stops quickly. Velocio, you manage to encourage your horse, and you get right up next to Mace Core. I uh, want to jump off of it and grab him, tackle him to the ground. Okay, make an acrobatics check, or an athletics check, whichever you prefer. Acrobatics 24. Nice. So you ride up next to him and deftly uh, leap from the back of your horse and tackle Mace Core right around the legs, and he is no longer able to move forward. Um, however, he struggles against you, so make a strength check. Uh, actually, both of you make a strength check, Mace Core and Velocio. 15. Not natural, 20. Okay, so Velocio, you are able to hold him, and Mace Core, when she tackles you, you suddenly, your head is jarred just enough that you stop hearing these voices and your eyes come back into focus and you just don't really know where you are. We're just in a bit of a haze, a bit of a dream-like state for a few minutes there. And as you come out of this sort of momentary blackout, you see the mist blow aside and in front of you, in front of the three of you now, is the entrance to a large cave. I don't know if we should go in there. We might want to find a long way around. Can we, uh, like, investigate other ways around it or figure out a way if there's another way to... Sure. Which way would you like to go? But the cave is due north from due north where your path would lead. The hills around it would be either east or west. Check in any direction to try to find a path you would like. Let's check west, like, around towards the hills to see if uh, there's a spot that we can go through or around. All right. So, Flint, give me a investigation check, I guess. All right. All right. Well, I got a nine. So, so okay, so as you yeah. sort of walk off to the west to try to find a path, when you get about 20 to 30 feet to the west of this cave entrance, suddenly a wall of flame erupts from the ground in front of you, blocking your path. And that wall of flame shoots up to the sky, and it spreads out in almost a full circle 
circle that has one opening in it, and it surrounds all of you and Flint's horse, and that opening leads into the cave. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> all right. Hey, is it, like, constant? Like, we can't get around um, it? Do, uh, get, you could you could look into it, maybe make some kind of investigation or check to see if you can learn anything about the fire. Yeah, like. does it seem like a volcano or I'm magic? i do an investigation check. Okay, yeah, you can investigate. Natural 20. Okay, so Macecore, you recognize that this is not a natural fire. It seems to be some sort of magical power that's causing this, and Mm. you can just tell by looking at it that it's not going to be able to be crossed. Being a dragonborn, you are a bit of an expert on fire and flame, and so you can just tell by looking at it that it's not something you want to mess with, and it is definitely a magical source. Damn. Um, so it looks like we have to go into the cave. What's the horse doing? The horse is looking a little bit uncomfortable, but still just grazing inside of this circle of flame. Is it freaked out by voices anymore? It is not. Um, Well, guys, let's take this horse and continue into the cave. Yeah, it looks like... Is there, um, any way... Oh, we can't do anything with the magic. And, uh, we have no magic to combat it. Does it go all the way up to the sky? Can I send my hawk out to do an investigation to see if there's a way around the cave? You could try, yeah. God, I don't want to die. I'm going to try and do that. Is there, like, a check that I need to do? So, you would want to... I guess it would be an animal handling check to see how well it can listen to your instructions. Here, Mace Corps, put on... Put this fez on to your hawk's Ooh. head, and you can wear the other one. I put the fez on, um, oh, his name is, uh, Hockey McHawkface. I put, Great. uh, the fez on Hockey, and I put the fez on myself, and I have proficiency in animal handling, and I tell him, hey, don't get hit by the fire, and see if you can find a way around this cave for us. And he says, right away, sir. All right. Um, can you make a perception check for your hawk? Nine. <laughs> Nine. So, well, I guess actually you could make the perception check because you, you can see, see through its eyes. Yep. So, yeah, why don't you make, what would that be with your modifier perception? Uh, that would be a 10. Okay. So, you can see as this hawk sort of circles around to gain altitude, it stays, uh, he stays sort of inside this wall of flame, and as he flies higher, the flames seem to fly higher with him, and they climb up and up and up. And he can see that the mist outside of this wall of flame is incredibly thick now, and you can't really see anything through his eyes outside of the circle of flame and the entrance to this cave. Well, um, I'm going to have him fly back on my shoulder, and I give the I give the fez back to Felosial, um and say, thank you, but we cannot get out of this. And I'm also going to eat a, a meat stick, so now I have 14. Okay. I got thrown from that fucking horse, and I got half of his points back, so... All right, so are you heading into this cave? Uh, yep. Seems like we need to. Yeah, it does seem that way, doesn't <laughs> Who's Whose horse do we have? Yeah, is that, is it, it was mine? Flint's horse. Oh, Flint's horse. horse. Can we all hop on the horse together? Uh, You could tr- try, <laughs> just to see if you can get in on the horse. I say we Maybe send Macecore in on the horse. <laughs> well, you guys can see in the dark, so probably it's better. Well, why don't you go, why don't you guys go first and we walk the horse in? Yeah. Maybe. I feel we'll like this horse is just going to end up running away from us at some point, but let's take it with us for now. Yeah. Let's do it. I'd like to have him with us. Okay. All right, uh, so you uh, head into this cave entrance, and who's who's pulling the horse? Are you bringing it or riding it? How big of a cave is it? 
Well, answer that question for me, and then I'll okay. tell you. Oh, I think oh. we're we're walking it in. I'll, I'll walk, go I'll... in first. It's Flint's. Yeah, horse. it's my horse, so I'll walk. I'll okay, walk. so uh, Felosio, you're going in first, so you walk through this main entryway, um, and quickly once you're inside, you have to duck just a bit to get through the door. Base core follows and ducks down to get through that space. Flint is able to clear it without ducking, but the horse is unable to fit through the entrance. So uh, it's uh. not going to make it into the cave. You guys, this horse is going to die oh, as no. it gets fried by that fire. So we kill him and take his horse meat. Yes. <laughs> These horses are pretty intelligent. It's not going to like run into the wall of flame. Well, it's going to be slowly roasted. No, the wall of flame is like staying in place. It's basically a barrier so that you can't get so away from this cave entrance. He's just going to go the opposite way and go... Boy, I hope this fire well, dies out soon so that the horse can get out before it eats all of the grass. Well, let's let's leave him out there then, because he can't fit in the cave. The horse okay. is lazily grazing in this small pasture created by the wall of flame. He seems less bothered by the situation than the three of you. You're now all inside of the cave. And as you come into the cave, you realize this is actually not just a cave. It is partly carved out by hand and appears to be some sort of burial chamber. It seems to be incredibly ancient and has clearly not been disturbed for many decades. There are a few lesser burial sites that line the entry chamber, a few human humanoid-type skulls laying in shelves on the side. And the cave then opens up into a large open room with extinguished torches along the walls. You can see two fairly large, ornate coffins in this room. There's an inscription on one of the tombs that's dusty and covered in dirt. And that is what you see. I turn to Macecore and say, this is all your fault, just so you know. (laughs) I'm sorry. I have advantage on survival checks to track my favorite enemies and as well as intelligence checks to recall information about them since the undead are favored enemies. Can I do an intelligence check here? Well, at this moment, there are no enemies, enemies. present. So there's no. there's two tombs? Yeah, there are two more ornate coffins, and then, um, like in the entryway, there were several lesser. I'll say, for our purposes, that the two ornate coffins are kind of on either side of us. How light is it in here, by the way? You can see by incredibly dim light, there are were torches that line the walls, but they're clearly not lit. Okay. But we light the torches. Do we want to do that? Ooh, we need I'm... to do. Won't let us out of here, so we need to do something, right? Okay. Oh, we should probably check that inscription. I'll do my. I'll do my flame. I'll just produce a flame in my hand so that we don't light the torches. I'm feeling a little wary of them right now, so I'll light my flame and hold it in my hand and walk to the coffin with the inscription on it. Okay. Are you going to read I've... the inscription? I want, yeah, I want to see if I recognize it. So you can't actually make out the words because it's so covered in dust and dirt. I guess I wipe it off. Okay. <laughs> so when you wipe off this monument, you have a momentary blackout in which you see flashes of the lives of a, an ancient king and his prince's son. They were terrible, cruel rulers. And when they were finally killed in battle, their people buried them far from their homeland so as to lift the curse they seemed to carry on that land. 
So you see flashes of this king raising a very cruel son, and the son grows up to become king himself, and the old man king dies, the son dies in battle, and you see flashes of this town mourning the loss of many of their people, but sort of celebrating the loss of these terrible rulers who are now laid to rest in this tomb. Okay, so you come back, uh, Felosio, you wake up from this minor blackout, and realize that you're standing in this tomb yet again, and you can see that this inscription carries the name of an ancient king and his son. Uh, the inscription reads, Here lie King Cardiff and his son, Prince Bardsley. As Felosio, I will say, these, these people who are buried here, they're not good people. This inscription here, the king and his son, they were very cruel rulers, and their people buried them far away from their from their town because they were such evil people. And we should try to get out of here. I have a bad feeling since they were buried so far away. It can't be a good sign. So as you explain this to Flint and Macecore, suddenly the torches on the sides of the room light. Macecore, did you touch that torch? I told you not to light it. <laughs> I didn't touch anything, I swear. So you can see more clearly now in this tomb, it is in fact pretty ornate. There is a fair amount of gold and treasure sitting around, and you don't see anything else, but suddenly the torches go out, and you can now sense that you're not alone. <sighs> and we are in initiative! Oh, God! <laughs> go... Roll initiative, please. When the lights were on, did we see an exit anywhere besides behind us? Uh, nope. There's one way in, one way out. Uh, mm. Again, this is all your fault, Score. <laughs> it is my fault. I should have just rolled a higher, a higher sa- <laughs> saving throw. All right. Oh, what's everybody's initiative? Jesus Christ. Five. Six, Sixteen. Five. I got a five, too. All right. Excellent. Let me put you in the right order. All right. First up is going to be Mace Core. As you look into this room, you can see that you are now no longer standing alone, and there are two figures, dark and shadowy, in the far corners of the room. You cannot make out their features. You can see that they seem to have wrappings covering their bodies. The two ornate tombs no longer have their lids intact. They are now on the floor beside the two. Oh, Jesus. I don't like that guy on the left. Me neither. He is big. (laughs) Well, I think we should stay together. We shouldn't split up. Okay, I am... Are these humanoid? No, they're undead. That's what they are. How far away are all of these enemies from us? I would say you are about 30 feet from each of them. So they're equidistant 30 feet away. Just about, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, They're about 25 feet from each other, roughly. Okay. I am going to take a arrow shot. Are they... Okay, so they're all 30 feet away from us and each other, correct? Correct. Okay. So I'm going to move closer to the right. I'm going to stand closer to Felosial and Flint. I'm going to take a shot. Um, I'm going to take a, two arrow shots at the the undead mummified figure to the top right. Okay. So the, the one on the right, you're going to take a shot yes, at him. Yes, the right. one on the right. Let her rip. First attack, 19. That will hit. Okay. 
Second one. Second one, I got a nine. That will miss. Okay. First one, 15. All right. So, the, uh, yeah, so you take a shot at this zombie and your arrow finds its mark. And where do you hit it? Where are you hitting the zombie? I hit it or right in the shoulder, right in the, the left shoulder. All right. Nice. So you hit this thing in the left shoulder and you see some like, Fragments of bone and dust kind of fly off of it as this thing sinks into its shoulder. And is that the end of your turn? That's all I'm going to do right now. All right. Next up is this guy right here. Uh, the, the zombie on the left is going to go... I'm uh, Sorry, I keep calling them zombies. They're not zombies. Um, they are more like mummies. So the mummy on the left is going to go, and he is going to come charging in at you, and base core being the closest is going to... To take his attack. And wow, that's really far. He is quick, and he is going to swing a rotting fist in your direction. So he takes a swipe at you, and he rolls a 26. Oh my gosh. Gonna hit. Alright, that's gonna hit, and that is going to, that is going to do 8 bludgeoning damage. Okay. Does something else. And 11 necrotic damage. Oh my god. That's, uh, I'm... And, I'm going to need you to make a constitution saving throw. Oh my gosh. Jesus. How are you feeling up there, Mayscore? I'm not doing very well, honestly. Uh, 15. Alright, you're good. And he's then going to look past Mayscore straight into the eyes of Velociol. And Velociol, I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, natural 20. Alright, you are good. And so you are actually going to be immune from the dreadful glare from all mummies for the next 24 hours. All right. Uh, next up is Flint. Believe it or not, with a five. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to do a sneak attack on this guy because he was just fighting with uh, within five feet of Mayscore and Seal. So I'm going to move up right next to him, and I'm going to use my... Horseshoe darts here, and yeah. Stab him. Oh, you get two God. attacks with that, right? Yeah. Alright, so I got a 22. That'll hit. And I got a 4. That'll miss. <laughs> Alright. Alright, so I get, so I got a 13. Alright, so you slash out at him, and you get a pretty good cut on him on the first one. Where are you gonna cut him? I want to cut him underneath his armpit. This nice. Weird. Very sp- painful. <laughs> Wait, how much? How much damage did you do? Uh, thirteen damage. Okay. Awesome. And then I also want to uh dash. So I want to move back, back a little bit from that spot that I was and kind of get back by uh, behind Felosio. Okay. So I think you'd want to do disengage, which I think is also oh, one of the dis- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disengage. Yeah, because yeah. you don't have to cover a large distance, but you don't want him to have an opportunity attack. Yeah. FYI, I only have 17 hit points left. Oh, God. All right. Uh, next up is Felosio. Okay. I'm going to pull out my shield and pull out my flail and wind it up on the first attack to hit on the second attack. And as I do this, I'm planning on doing a goading attack so that the mummy only attacks me until the end of my next turn. Okay. Sweet. So that is a 15 to hit. That'll hit. Okay. And then you have to make a whiz, yeah, wisdom saving throw. All right. That is a seven. You failed that. 
uh, you needed to beat a 14. So now that mummy will only attack me until my next turn, and then 20 damage and... All right, nice. And goaded. That's been goaded. All right, anything else on your turn? I'm kind of standing in front of both of them now with my shield up for that one, right? Yep, sure. Yep. All right, next up is the mummy on the right side of the tomb, and he is also going to charge forward like a screaming banshee, and he is going to take a swing at Pelosiel, who is now the closest to him, with his rotting fist, and he gets a 20, non-natural. That will hit. All right, that's going to be nine bludgeoning damage, seven necrotic damage. Jesus. And you need to make a constitution saving throw. Fifteen. All right, you are good. And he is then going to glare at Flint, who has kind of been hiding in the back, but he sees you and he locks eyes with you, and (laughs) you need to make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, seven. All right, so Flint is now frightened. Frightened. Creature has disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls while the source of its fear is within line of sight. The creature can't willingly move closer to the source of its fear. So you cannot move closer to this uh, mummy. So you'll have disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls while the source of fear is within your line of sight. And you cannot willingly move closer to it. So you may want to try to find some way to get it out of your line of sight. Um, yeah, okay. All right, and... That is the end of the mummy's turn, and we're back to Mace Core. Jesus Christ. Uh, well, I'm going to move back next. I'm going to move back next to Flint on his right side, and I'm also going to use one of my two level three charges of my healing braces. So I get three d6 plus dexterity on that. Nice. 12 plus dexterity, 14 hit points back. Can I move back towards Flint to the, his right side? Yep. Okay. So you, move, you drop back a few yards away from these guys um, who are now engaged with Felosio in battle. Cool. And we are now back to the mummy on the left. So the left mummy standing next to Felosio is just going to swing another rotting fist in her direction. Bring it. And he rolls a 26. Oh, that'll hit. 27, sorry. That is going to do 10 bludgeoning damage Oof. and 9 necrotic damage. Okay. How are you doing? Oh, uh, you know. Okay. Um, next. And then he glares in your direction, but it has no effect. Perfect. Next up is Flint. All right. So I'm rolling with a disadvantage this time? Yeah, for ability checks and attacks. All right. Um... As long as the creature that you're afraid of is in your line of sight. Okay. Would I still be able to... I guess I wouldn't be able to do a sneak attack on the one next to Pelosio anymore, right? Because I already tried to get... So I think but, sneak attack still works as long as they are within five feet of an opponent. Yeah. And that's not you. I'm pretty sure that they still are not focused on you, so you can hit them with something from a range attack perspective. Alright, so then I'm going to move up a Do you have your boar? I do. I don't know if... Isn't this still the same day, though? Yeah, it is. It is. I don't ah, think damn. I could use him again. Can I... I'm going to move to, like, the left more. Yeah, would I still be able to... Because I want to throw my horseshoe darts in there as, like, a sneak attack to the one that's to the... In front of Velocio to the left. 
Yeah, you could head up from there. Uh, it's All about right. 20 feet, probably 25. All right, so I'm going to do that. And I could throw both of them at him, right? I think you get one range attack. Oh, one. Okay. All right. All right. So let's do it. And 22. That'll hit. Nice. All right. 13 for it. Same thing as last nice. time. Yeah. All right. So you hit him again, and it takes another chunk out of him, and uh, more dust and just flesh, dried flesh, falls off of him to the floor. But he still has his focus on Pelosial, and it is now Pelosial's turn. Okay. I'm going to use my flail on the guy to the left for my first hit, getting a not-natural 20. That'll hit. That is 11 bludgeoning damage. All right. And then I'm going to do my Thunder Wave as my second attack. Constitution saving throw, failed save, you take damage. Well, you take damage either way. So Constitution saving roll, please. You mean that at both of them? Yes. Yep. They rolled a 13 and an 11, respectively. It matches a 13, I believe. So I guess that means they pass, right? Um, I think that means that they... They fail? They'll get hit, yeah. It's like an armor class thing. Okay, so they will both take 7 damage, but they're also pushed 10 feet back. And any objects that aren't tied down also get pushed back 10 feet. Nice. So you see them get knocked back away from Pelosial, and you see the tomb lid on the right side of this tomb get thrown back a bit as well and land against the wall. And then bonus action, I'm going to do second wind on myself to heal. I gain one D10 plus fighter level. Twelve comes back to me. Nice. All right. Is that the end of your turn? That is the end of my turn. All right. Mummy number two is now going to come charging back at Velociel after getting pushed back. He doesn't look too happy, but he's looking like he's still in better shape than the other one who's starting to lose his wrappings a bit. I wouldn't say he's bloodied because they don't have any blood, but he is definitely coming apart. And he's going to swing a fist at you, and that is going to be a 19. That'll hit. Man, they keep rolling really high hits. They have some major bonuses for that. 13 bludgeoning damage. Uh, you're going to take another 13 necrotic damage. Jesus. And make a constitution saving throw, please. 14. You are good. I wouldn't call myself good at one hit point, but... And it looks... It glares straight into your eyes, but uh, again, that has no effect on you. Uh, Mistcore, you are up. Okay. I, since the undead are a favorite enemy, can I investigate the undead? Yes. Is that a bonus action or an action? I don't know if it's an action or not. I would say... So, I guess they're your favorite enemy, so I would let you kind of do, like, a quick memory check to see if you have any information about this particular undead enemy. So, yeah, give me a, uh, give me I a check. I have an advantage on wisdom checks and intelligence checks. So I can do two, right? Yeah, so I would say uh, this is probably like a history check or yeah. maybe a, maybe a arcana check. Okay. Um, um, I'm not sure what it would be, but you can kind of look into whatever aspects of them you would like. I'm going to do an arcana check. Okay. You can kind of check into the magic that powers them and see if it has any weaknesses. Eight. So it's not looking Eight. like... You have advantage, though, so you get to roll it again. All right. Better. I got 13. Okay, so you, uh, as a ranger and a 
hunter recognize these as undead and they have certain vulnerabilities that you can recall, one of which is fire. Okay. That's what you get from your memory bank, taking a quick breath and thinking it through. Okay. And that brings Mace Core's turn up. That was a bit, we'll just call that a bonus action. So now you have your regular turn. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to use my other level three charge of healing word for Felosial. So I have to say Shucky Ducky and it's three D four plus dexterity. Seven plus, so you get nine hit points back. Okay. Thanks. And that's it for me then. Nice. That brings us back to mummy number one, which has sort of been pushed back away from Felosio. Now turns and looks at Flint in this direction. Oh, thank goodness. Um, it's on some kind of rough terrain though, so I'm actually going to say that it doesn't quite reach you, Flint. It is, it's like coming at you though, and you're still frightened. So you are, uh, yeah, you're kind of pinned there because you can't move any closer to him, so you'd have to run away if you move. And he is, he is actually going to glare at you though, so make a wisdom saving throw for me. Nine. Let's see. I guess you were already frightened, weren't you? I was. Um, okay, so actually, so you are now, you are so scared that you actually become paralyzed with fear, and you are going to stay that way until the end of the next turn for this mummy. Oh, um, and at the end of its next turn, you will have a chance to free yourself from its hold. Hmm. Uh, but you are just frozen on the spot, and it is your turn. Because I'm just scared shitless of this. Yeah, game. you're so scared. So it brings us to yeah. Felicio. Okay. Oh my god. Um. I want to get your help back, right? Um, I mean, yeah. Do you have any meat sticks? Eating one of those isn't gonna help me. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have a cup of tea, I guess. Uh, okay. Extremely strong healing potion that can restore two d20s worth of damage, but gives the user a British accent for an hour (laughs) and forces them to go. Last in the next or current combat situation because it's the polite thing to do. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna make my attacks first and then drink my tea. So I'll light up my hands with produce flame and I'm gonna just try to hit this guy in front of me with the first one. That's a, uh, like an unarmed strike? Yep. Well, I, it does 1d8 fire damage. Oh, okay, gotcha. And that is 14. Uh, that'll hit. Okay. Four fire damage. And then I'm gonna, I can throw it 30 feet. So I can hit that other guy too, right? He's within 30, the guy on the left is within 30 feet. (laughs) Yeah, but I believe your double attack is on one creature. Unless they're like both right on you. I don't think it's gonna hit anyway. I got a, a 10. That is going to just miss. Okay. Uh, and then I'll pull out a cup of tea and drink it with Tinky up, getting back 25. Nice. And that moves you to the end of the initiative order as well, which is brings, actually a good thing. Which brings us to this guy. He is going to come at you again, Felosial, just wailing on you with that rotting fist. Oi, oh. what do you think you're doing? And then he takes a swing and gets a 25. Jesus. They're rolling well. Ouchie. Seven bludgeoning damage. 
Not so bad. And seven necrotic damage. Boy, that hurts. Make a constitution saving throw, please. A thirteen, governor. Good enough. Very well done. And that mummy is going to stare at Macecore over your shoulder. So Macecore, make a wisdom saving throw, please. Fifteen. That's good enough. All right, so you stare this mummy down and are not frightened, unlike Flint, who has now peed himself. <laughs> and that brings us to Philosteel at the end of the order. Isn't it me? No. I drank a spot of tea, and now I'm last. Um, that mummy right, was last. Right, 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 right. So I pull out my flail, wind up, and hit. All right, take a hit. 20, not natural. You get an advantage, too, so you can roll to oh, see yeah. if you get critical, perhaps. Uh, nope, that's an 18 plus 5, so 23, but not. All right, that'll hit. 24 damage. All right, so Peek. you take a swing at it. Yeah, describe it, since you're British. What are you saying? I'm going to knock you right in the nose. And I swing it, and I hit him right in the nose. And then I'm going to bon- bonus action and eat one of my spicy meat sticks. Not getting much back. I got two back. Whatever. Right, but it's delicious and spicy, and it snaps when you bite into it. And that brings us to Mace Core. Felosu, do you mind if I use the cod piece? You're going to be in the cone, though. What do you think? Colossio <laughs> says... Might, might, might as well go for it, chap. I'm using the cod piece. Pew, 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 pew. Uh, 1d20 plus 10. 17, so 27 foot cone. Nice. That'll hit both Colossio and the mummy. Um, and... Watch oh, where you to... point that willy, sir. And they're blinded for three turns. All right. This is advantage on... Attacks. If I drink a beer, is that an action? After using the cod piece, it would be. Oh, fuck. Well, um... Do you have any fire attacks? I have my dragon breath. I also have the explosives. <laughs> I'm gonna use the explosives, actually. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna attack it. I'm gonna attack it with my bows with one regular and one explosive bow. So, here's the first one for the regular. 17. That'll hit. And for the explosive... 11. That will also hit. Nice. Alright, so the regular bow, that wasn't a good roll. Uh, 9. 9 damage with the regular bow. And okay. with the explosive bow, 8 damage. Alright. And it pushes them back. Yeah. How far? Um, 1d, uh, 1d20. 11. Nice. Knock them back 11 feet. I'm sorry, the explosive bow does not do, I have the wrong thing on my sheet. It does 1d4. So I got a 4. So it does not do 8, it does 4. So with a total of 13. Alright, so you hit this thing with one arrow and then an explosive arrow into the chest and it it throws it back several feet uh, where it's now standing in the middle of the room. Um, And the mummy on the left side of the room manages to scramble up over this pile of debris and swings its fist out at Flint. And it rolls a 10. Nope. Doesn't hit. It misses, and then it it uh, turns and glares at Macecore, who is snickering at it in the corner because it missed its punch. So Macecore, make a saving throw. Wisdom, please. Nine. Uh, you are now frightened of the mummies. So... They are terrifying to you, so you will have disadvantage, uh, as described in the chat there. 
Um, next up is Quint. And uh, actually, Quint, you are no longer paralyzed yeah. because that's the end of his turn. Um, so you now, you regain enough fortitude to move, but you are still frightened. All right. So can I kind of go back towards Elosiel? Yes. Get a, move in that away from him? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you'll have to do your... Uh, like bonus action to disengage before you do that, or else he will get an opportunity attack. Alright, yeah, so then let's do that. I'll disengage and then go towards, uh, Pelosial, and then I want to use the Flabbergast Flagon again, the, um, and hope that I get the fire one for that, where I do an elemental damage to, in addition to one of my, uh, weapon damage. I'm gonna roll. Drink a flabbergast flagon. Yep. Nice. And let's see which one I get. Which one's a fire? So I'm looking for a ray here. And I got a four. Nature. All right. <laughs> what does that even mean? I, I have no idea. <laughs> um, all right. So, so what I use, I could use my other horseshoe dart to throw. I want to throw that at the guy to the right of Velocio over there in front of her. And let's see what that one is. Oh, God. Um, I got a seven. That's going to miss. So you throw it and it clangs off of the paving stones underneath his feet. Um, you were afraid anyways. So you weren't really like, you know, aiming your best. <laughs> um, that brings that? up. Mummy number two, and he moves back forward a little bit cautiously this time toward Velociel, and he's going to swing a fist out, and he rolls a 20, non-natural. That'll hit. And you are going to take... He rolled that at disadvantage. Oh, he didn't, actually. Good call. Oh, now he rolls a 15. That'll miss. All right, so he swings a fist in your direction and misses. And he, again, Macecore seems to have a smirk on his face, and it makes them very angry when they miss their attacks, and he's laughing. So it glares at him. So Macecore, make a wisdom saving throw, please. Jesus, I don't want to snicker anymore. I got a 10. So Macecore, you are just paralyzed with fear for the moment. So you are just standing there in your own urine, shaking. And that is the end of his turn. Next up is... Blimey, mate, you need to stop laughing at him. I will. Both of their wrappings have come pretty undone at this point. They are not looking like pristine mummies anymore. I'm going to go for the same, yeah, same attack on this guy with my flail. Um, and I'm gonna try to make it a goading attack again. 15. That'll hit. So 4 plus 4, 8 plus 10, 18 with my flail. 18 damage? Yeah. All right. So um, you hit him pretty hard. He stays on his feet, but he's now lost an arm. Nice. Ew. Yeah, it's like flopping around and sort of trying to crawl back to him, but you knocked it across the room pretty good. <laughs> I was goading with that. Which... So he's now focused on you? Yeah, he, well, he needs throw. to make a wisdom saving throw. Beat a 14. He rolls a 15. Okay, so he's not goaded. Okay. That brings up Macecore, who is paralyzed. So he stands there and shakes for the moment. That brings us to mummy number one, who is going to come after Flint. And he is going to hit Flint with a rotting fist. And he rolls. This time he's going to hit, actually. It's going to be a 24. 
Mm-hmm. You are going to take 12 bludgeoning damage and 10 necrotic damage. Oh, shit. Ooh. And I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Alright. Um, I got an 11. When he connects with his fist, you feel a coldness sort of seep through your veins as it connects, uh, and you have been cursed with mummy rot. Uh, what that means is that you cannot regain hit points, um, and your max hit points decrease by 10 every 24 hours that elapse. If the curse reduces your hit points to zero, you die and turn to dust. And the curse lasts until it's removed by the curse removal spell or other magic. That's mummy rot. That's a uh, bit of bad luck there. So yes, that's not great. Next up is Flint, and Flint, you have regained your composure at this point after taking a little damage. So you are no longer at disadvantage. You are back to normal. All right. So other than being beat I'm up, I'm gonna again do that elemental roll here and see if I can get fire. And I don't. I get cold. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. It's lightning. I get lightning. Okay. Alright. Alright. So, I'm going to use my warhammer this time, too. Against the one, the guy right in front of me. Alright. Oh, my God. I'm rolling so bad. Uh, I got a 12. That'll hit. Oh, beautiful. All right. Nice. Ooh. I was worried there. Alright, uh, let me find this die here. So that's a 14. Nice. Oh wait, and I gotta do a d6, 1d6 too, for the, um, the uh, lightning damage. Yeah, so it's 16 total damage. So you swing your mighty war hammer down and knock this guy's arm off, and lightning sort of crackles through your hammer as it hits the ground, and, and you kind of see sparks fly up from it. He is not looking too good. This mummy is going to stagger forward now without an arm and try to kick Colossiol, which is not going to be nearly as effective because he's lost his rotting bit. Uh, and he gets an eight. No. That's going to miss. Okay, so he misses. And that brings us to Colossiol. Uh, let's just take this guy out. I'm just going to do my flail. Uh, not supercharged. I'm going to do one hit and then another. Okay. 14. That'll hit. Yes. 11 damage. Oh, natural 20 and a 16. So that'll be the 16th lower, but I assume that still hits. Yep. For another 5 damage. So close. Um, So he is still on his feet, but looking very weak. And that brings us to Macecore, who has regained his composure somewhat. Um, yes. And actually, yeah, you are feeling fine now, Macecore. You're no longer frightened. Um, are the are the the undead? Are they? They're not within five feet of each other, right? They are not. Okay. Well, 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 well. Is it worth it? I think it might be. Macecore, I believe this chap is about to go down. This one right here next to me. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just. Uh, I'm gonna hit it with my with my bows. Well, however, I could drink a fire brew and then take the other guy out. Whatever you want to do. You know what? I'm gonna take I'm gonna take this mummy out, the one that's uh, to the right of you. I'm going to use my use my one regular bow and one explosive arrow. First attack is a fourteen. That'll hit. And the 
Explosive bow is... Why don't you roll uh, damage for that first one for me? Okay. Ten. Tell me how this mummy dies. Ugh. I, I, I say, who's, uh... I say, uh, yeah, yeah, you bet I'm snickering at you, and I launch an arrow right through the skull. Boom. Right through the skull, and as it pierces through the back of the skull on the way out, the mummy just crumbles to dust. And you actually feel uh, sort of a, a wind pick up inside of this tomb, and you notice that the torches have flickered back to light. And you're now at least on that half of the tomb, on the right half. Um, and now there's just the one mummy standing there. And I think it's still your turn, Mace Four. Do I get another attack since, or is that it? Yeah, is I think that... you. Yeah, if you have multi-attack. I believe the rule is you can attack multiple targets, um, even if they're not near each other. Right. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna use an explosive arrow on the other guy. Okay. Uh, I get a ten. Battle miss. So you shoot a you shoot an explosive arrow and it hits a pile of boulders in the back behind the zombie and they it sends them scattering across the floor. Keep calling them zombies. They're just, they're mm-hmm. so similar. Uh, next up is this mummy who is going to come at Flint. Uh, having lost his arm now from Flint's warhammer, he is also going to try to kick out at Flint. And he gets a seven. Nope. That will miss. So he tries to stomp Flint and just completely misses. And he's losing his balance without his arm. And that's uh, the end of his turn. And Flint, you are up. All right. Last one for this uh element. Let's see if we can get it. Three, fire. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Alright. Um I wanna use my Warhammer again too on this guy. Nice. Thirteen. That'll hit. Alright, so let's use uh fifteen damage. What was uh what was what though? Some of that was fire. Oh right? so so uh yeah, so the five so it was ten from the Warhammer, five from the uh fire. All right. Uh, describe how you eviscerate this mummy. Oh, all right. So I come down and I literally go right in the center of him and just split him in half. His whole body just sort of folds over both and just dust and flames come up. And it's a beautiful thing, but also disgusting at the same time. And he There's smells the pile of, of burning wrappings now on the ground. Where yes. It was. Yep. And the torches on the near side, on the left side of this tomb, uh, also flick to light with a quick gust of wind. And you sense the air warming and that this sort of encroaching feeling of doom that you had ever since you got into these foothills has lifted. And we are out of initiative. Hooray! Wow. You solved the mummy puzzle. I don't know that I would call that a puzzle. <laughs> um, anything uh, so what do you want to do you're at the end of this battle you've killed these two mummies and you're in this too. I want to drink my curse potion thing that I got uh, the drink idea. that I had I'd like to take a look around for any treasure can I do that dungeon master uh, yeah, do, an, uh, do a uh, perception check see if you can see anything in the room that's worth grabbing Ooh, 22 Ooh. Ooh, yeah so you see uh, you see some piles of gold, like sort of ornamental pieces. In particular, though, you see that there is a crown that has sort of fallen out of the one tomb when the mummy emerged from it, and it seems to have some pretty nice jewels in it. Um, it must have been the king's crown at some point, mm-hmm. and it's laying next to one of the tombs. 
Does it fit on my head? Uh, it does not. Oh. Mm, well, I'll take it anyway. Could I, um, do a perception check for any, anything that could help us on our journey to Termic? Sure. Why don't you, uh, yes. Or is that investigation? Well, you could, like, investigate. There's, like, some piles of stuff, so why don't you just kind of, like, investigate and see if you can find anything there. Uh, 14. So, you find a little book called Bad Creatures of the Highland Moors. And in that book, uh, most of the pages are kind of, like, spoiled and, and there's not, you know, the ink is kind of, like, smudged over time because of the moisture and things like that. Uh, but the one page that you can really clearly make out still describes a creature called a yeti. And it sort of goes through some of their biology and some of the uh, things that sort of make them tick. Um, and I will send you some information, score that you find in that book that might come in handy somewhere in the north, according to the title of the book. Is there any any way that we see now that everything is lit, that there's another way out of the cave? There is not. You can see that it is a round tomb room and just the one entryway in and out, and that's it. Bloody hell, Macecore. We almost all got killed right here, they and it's told all me your that, fault. They told me that they had some candy here. <laughs> Do you see any candy? A nice toffee? I would hate to see toffee. I wanted a Hershey's kiss. Uh, anything else you want to do in this area before we head out? What what time of day is it outside now? I don't know. You might have to go outside to figure that out. Can we do a long rest here? That's what I'm thinking. You might be able to. Uh, let's go outside and see what there is. We need to go find our horses anyway and see if that right. fire stopped burning. Okay, so you make your way out of the cave, I'm guessing? Yes. Yeah. I, right. so I take a torch here. with me. Okay, so you grab a lit torch and you head back out this passageway, which is now actually also lit by torches. As you reach the entrance to the cave, you can see that there is some dying light still in the sky, um, but time seemed to have weirdly sped up while you were inside of this cave, uh, because while this battle only took a few moments, the day has gone right by, uh, and you can see that the sun is getting ready to set, and you see your three horses grazing in the fields under this setting sun, and there's not a trace of mist swirling around, nor a wall of fire. Oh, nice. That's wonderful. See this as a win. See, some things didn't go your way in that fight, but it worked out in the end. We're all about uh, happy endings here. I'm going to walk over to the horses and talk to them and pet them. Hey, we're Hi. sorry for almost killing you for your horse meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You were ready to make some sausage there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> you were like, they'll be fine. <laughs> there is quite um, enough grass for these horses. <laughs> well, chaps, do you think we should stay here the night? I think we should uh, see if there's a good spot to make camp. I say the cave. Yeah, there's nothing else there, right? Yeah, you right? can there's... feel, yeah, there's not really, there's like kind of like these bald hilltops, uh, mostly out here with a few jagged stones spread throughout them, but the mist has lifted. It's much warmer now, um, than it was. It's still not warm, uh, and as the sun sets, it's definitely getting chilly, but you can, uh, yeah, you can just feel that this negative presence has left this cave. And so I think if you would like to make camp there, you certainly could. I think that's the move. Yeah, me too. Okay. Very nice. We can start our rest early so that we can leave early in the morning. 
Yeah, you got to be traffic up there. Yeah. The yeah, that's right. Yeah, Termic. Yeah, <laughs> morning you rush. Don't, you don't even want to see the road to Termic <laughs> at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. <laughs> Um, all right, so you guys bed down for the night in this uh, abandoned tomb, and you get a good night's rest. There's I'm no gonna, disturbances. I'm going to sweep all the dust from those mummies to the side. Yeah, fair enough. You didn't want to sleep right on top of a dead guy. That's fair. And, uh, yeah, and the torches give off just enough heat that it's pretty comfortable inside, actually. You're not sure how they're burning, but if it is a magical effect, you don't sense that it's a negative one anymore. And, yeah, so you sleep the night away, and you wake up as sunlight sort of streams right in through the entryway of this cave, because that's the direction of the rising sun in the south, and it comes in and makes things bright pretty quickly. So uh, it's morning, you are now well-rested, and you can re- you've can recovered your hit points and uh, whatnot. Hooray! And spell slots and all that fun stuff. Yep. Nice! Well, Feloso, you were almost dead. Yeah, multiple times. Uh, and your tea has worn off, so you're no longer British. Not that I ever was. That was pretty <laughs> fun, though. All right, so you head out of the cave in the morning, and your horses are just kind of milling about out there, but they still have, you know, the packs and everything, and they've had a good meal, and they're ready to go. On to Termic. Yeah. <laughs> so you you easily skirt up the hillside next to this cave, and you head north. And as you head north, um, you come out of the hills into sort of a flatter section of land that uh, is a little bit boggy. Um, but as you continue on, you notice that the water on the ground is mostly frozen. And you can feel that the air has kind of cooled off. Um, and you're definitely getting sort of a northern breeze now. And actually in the distance now, you can see the hilltops have snow on top of them. So you are kind of out in these flat plains headed due north when all of a sudden you see off to the side coming down from one of the hilltop ridges a wall of white. And so I need you to make a survival check, please. Eleven. Sixteen. Four. So all of a sudden you find yourself in the middle of a snow squall and there's snow blowing all around you and the ground quickly gets covered in white. And it becomes difficult to see much in this snowstorm. The sun is still giving some light, but it's definitely darkened. Pelosial, you are able to sort of maintain the due north direction as you lead the group through this. And you see several, I guess, steeper hills in, in front of you that seem to be creating a safe chasm that you could walk through that would kind of block this snowstorm. It doesn't seem like it's reaching the bottom of this steep-ish valley in front of you. And that valley is, in fact, in the direction of due north. Um, and so you see that in front of you. I'm going to take out my rope from my pack and pass it to both of them. Guys, hold on to this. I see a place that we can go to get out of the snow and then start leading all of us on towards the valley. Nice. That's a good idea. That was a good idea. As you head up into this steeper valley, uh, sort of the, the high walls of the valley are going to protect you from this snowstorm. And in fact, the wind does stop as soon as you get into this valley, and it's, it's much easier to see. And as that happens in front of you, so you can kind of see the snow is now falling more vertically. It's not blowing across the, the plain in front of you, and you've kind of come out of the, the worst of this storm. But it is still coming down pretty heavily, and this valley 
uh, as it was due north, is still covered in snow from some earlier squall. And can you each please make a perception check for me? What did you read about in that book, Mace Core? I have all the info about the Yeti. Um, I got a natural 20, which gives me a 24. I got a 19. 15. So as you get into this valley, all three of you become quickly aware of a clatter and a commotion up ahead. You see a giant, uh, just a giant ball of fur and teeth and fists comes rolling down one of the steep sides of the hill just in front of your party. And your horses are once again unsettled, and they pull you back in the direction that you came from. And actually, all three of them (laughs) manage to buck you off, and they go running out of this small valley into the snow squall. You land in snow, though, so you're not going to take any damage from this one. But you are now on the ground, and in front of you, you can see a gigantic white creature that just came rolling down the hill. And as it stands up, another one comes down the hill and spear tackles it off to the side. And we are in initiative. We could, uh, we could, we could stop there actually. I say we go catch the horses and feed them to the yetis as a sacrifice. So quick to give up these horses. <laughs> well, I think they're Let's gone for good the now. Yeah, they are done. <laughs> cool. So that's, uh, yeah, do you guys want to stop there? Yeah, that's fine. This seems like a, a big battle, so yeah. Although Mace Corps just got some pretty good info about yetis. This cool. trip is really dangerous. Yeah, we yeah, had... No, it's, been, it's been perilous, honestly. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you enjoyed the episode. Please rate our podcast on iTunes or wherever you are listening. This will help us reach a larger fan base and find people who might enjoy the show. Please feel free to reach out to us. Our email address is thisishowweroll.dnd20 at gmail.com. And you can find that in the show notes. Thanks again, and keep on rolling. Hello, it's me, Keegan, from the future, and I just wanted to tell you about our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash this is how we roll or check out our show notes for the link. On our Patreon, you'll find a side campaign, cut content, bloopers, maps, and more. Stop on over, check it out, and maybe even subscribe. And thank you for your support.